Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Friday, May 13th. We have just completed the observance and celebration of Passover and the seven days of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. But did you know that Passover is not really over until we get to the next biblical feast, which is Shavuot? There is the counting of the Omer, a 50-day count, that takes you up to this next biblical feast, Shavuot or Pentecost. The giving of the Torah happened at Shavuot, exactly 50 days after the children of Israel left Egypt. A few thousand years later, on the exact same day, Shavuot, Yeshua's followers, gathered in the upper room for a prayer meeting. On Shavuot, also known as Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out in great power with a mighty wind and tongues of flames. The Omer is counted each evening after sundown. This year's Shavuot begins at sunset on Saturday, June 4th, and ends at sundown on Monday, June 6th. We are to stand when counting the Omer, and we begin by reciting the following blessing. Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher Kitshanu Mitzvotav Zivanu Al-Sefirat HaOmer Blessed are you, Adonai our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with your commandments and commanded us to count the Omer. After the blessing, we recite the appropriate day of the count. For example, Hayom Yom Echad La Omer. Today is the 27th day of the counting of the Omer. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Emor, and it means say. Leviticus 24, 1-11 Hashem spoke to Moses, saying, Command Bene Israel to bring you clear oil of beaten olives for lighting, for kindling lamps regularly. Aaron shall set them up in the tent of meeting outside the curtain of the pact, to burn from evening to morning before Hashem regularly. It is a law for all time throughout the ages. He shall set up the lamps on the pure menorah before Hashem to burn regularly. You shall take choice flour and bake of it twelve loaves, two-tenths of a measure for each loaf. Place them on the pure table before Hashem in two rows, six to a row. With each row, You shall place pure frankincense, which is to be a token offering for the bread, as an offering by fire to Hashem. He shall arrange them before Hashem regularly every Shabbat day. It is a commitment for all time on the part of the Israelites. 
They shall belong to Aaron and his sons, who shall eat them in the sacred precinct. For they are his as most holy things from Hashem's offerings by fire, a dew for all time. There came out among the Israelites one whose mother was Israelite and whose father was Egyptian. And a fight broke out in the camp between the half-Israelite and a certain Israelite. The son of the Israelite woman pronounced the name in blasphemy, and he was brought to Moses. Now his mother's name was Shelometh, daughter of Debri of the tribe of Dan. And he was placed in custody until the decision of Hashem should be made clear to them. And Hashem spoke to Moses, saying, Take the blasphemer outside the camp, and let all who were within hearing lay their hands upon his head, and let the whole community stone him. And to B'nai Israel speak thus, Anyone who blasphemes his God shall bear his guilt. If he also pronounces the name Hashem, he shall be put to death. The whole community shall stone him, stranger or citizen, If he has thus pronounced the name, he shall be put to death. If anyone kills any human being, he shall be put to death. One who kills a beast shall make restitution for it, life for life. If anyone maims his fellow as he has done, so shall it be done to him. Fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. The injury he inflicted on another shall be inflicted on him. One who kills a beast shall make restitution for it, but one who kills a human being shall be put to death. You shall have one standard for stranger and citizen alike, for I, Hashem, am your God. Moses spoke thus to the Israelites, and they took the blasphemer outside the camp and pelted him with stones. The Israelites did as Hashem had commanded Moses. First Samuel 14, 1-52 One day Jonathan, son of Shaul, said to the attendant who carried his arms, Come, let us cross over to the Philistine garrison on the other side. But he did not tell his father. Now Shaul was staying on the outskirts of Giva under the pomegranate tree at Migron, and the troops with him numbered about six hundred. Achiah, son of Akituv, brother of Ichabod, son of Pinchas, son of Eli, the Kohen of Hashem at Shiloh, was there bearing an ephod. The troops did not know that Jonathan had gone. At the crossing by which Jonathan sought to reach the Philistine garrison, there was a rocky crag on one side and another rocky crag on the other, the one called Bozes and the other Sena. One crag was located on the north, near Michmas, and the other on the south, near Geba. Jonathan said to the attendant who carried his arms, Come, let us cross over to the outpost of those uncircumcised fellows. Perhaps Hashem will act in our behalf, for nothing prevents Hashem from winning a victory by many or by few. His arms-bearer answered him, Do whatever you like. You go first. I am with you, whatever you decide. Jonathan said, We'll cross over to those men and let them see us. If they say to us, Wait until we get to you, then we'll stay where we are and not go up to them. But if they say, Come up to us, then we will go up, for Hashem is delivering them into our hands. 
that shall be our sign. They both showed themselves to the Philistine outpost, and the Philistines said, Look, some Hebrews are coming out of the holes where they have been hiding. The men of the outpost shouted to Jonathan and his arms bare, Come up to us, and we'll teach you a lesson. Then Jonathan said to his arms bearer, Follow me, for Hashem will deliver them into the hands of Israel. And Jonathan clambered up on his hands and feet, his arms bearer behind him, the Philistines, fell before Jonathan, and his arms bearer finished them off behind him. The initial attack that Jonathan and his arms bearer made accounted for some twenty men, within a space about half a furrow long in an acre of land. Terror broke out among all the troops, both in the camp and in the field. The outposts and the raiders were also terrified. The very earth quaked, and a terror from Hashem ensued. Shaul's scouts in Giva of Benjamin saw that the multitude was scattering in all directions. And Shaul said to the troops with him, Take account and see who has left us. They took account and found that Jonathan and his arms bearer were missing. Thereupon Shaul said to Achia, Bring the ark of Hashem here, for the ark of Hashem was at the time among the Israelites. But while Shaul was speaking to the Kohen, the confusion in the Philistine camp kept increasing. And Shaul said to the Kohen, Withdraw your hand. Shaul and the troops with him assembled and rushed into battle. They found the Philistines in very great confusion. Every man's sword turned against his fellow. And the Hebrews who had previously sided with the Philistines, who had come up with them in the army from round about, they too joined the Israelites who were with Shaul and Jonathan. When all the men of Israel who were hiding in the hill country of Ephraim heard that the Philistines were fleeing, they too pursued them in battle. Thus Hashem brought victory to Israel that day. The fighting passed beyond Beit Haven. The men of Israel were distressed that day, for Shaul had laid an oath upon the troops, Cursed be the man who eats any food before night falls, and I take revenge on my enemies. So none of the troops ate anything. Everybody came to a stack of beehives where some honey had spilled on the ground. When the troops came to the beehives and found the flow of honey there, no one put his hand to his mouth, for the troops feared the oath. Jonathan, however, had not heard his father adjure the troops, so he put out the stick he had with him, dipped it into the beehive of honey, and brought his hand back to his mouth, and his eyes lit up. At this, one of the soldiers spoke up, Your father adjured the troops, Cursed be the man who eats anything this day. And so the troops are faint. Jonathan answered, My father has brought trouble on the people. See for yourselves how my eyes lit up when I tasted that bit of honey. If only the troops had eaten today of spoil captured from the enemy, the defeat of the Philistines would have been greater still. They struck down the Philistines that day from Michmas to Aijalon, and the troops were famished. The troops pounced on the spoil, they took the sheep and cows and calves and slaughtered them on the ground, and the troops ate with the blood. When it was reported to Shaul that the troops were sinning against Hashem, eating with the blood, he said, You have acted faithlessly. Roll a large stone over to me today. 
And Shaul ordered, Spread out among the troops, and tell them that everyone must bring me his ox or his sheep, and slaughter it here, and then eat. You must not sin against Hashem, and eat with the blood. Every one of the troops brought his own ox with him that night, and slaughtered it there. Thus Shaul set up an altar to Hashem. It was the first altar he erected to Hashem. Shaul said, Let us go down after the Philistines by night and plunder among them until the light of morning, and let us not leave a single survivor among them. Do whatever you please, they replied. But the Kohen said, Let us approach Hashem here. So Shaul inquired of Hashem, Shall I go down after the Philistines? Will you deliver them into the hands of Israel? But this time he did not respond to him. Then Shaul said, Come forward, all chief officers of the troops, and find out how this guilt was incurred today. For as Hashem lives, who brings victory to Israel, even if it was through my son Jonathan, he shall be put to death. Not one soldier answered him. And he said to all the Israelites, You stand on one side, and my son Jonathan and I shall stand on the other. The troops said to Shaul, Do as you please. Shaul then said to Hashem, the God of Israel, Show Thamim. Jonathan and Shaul were indicated by Lot, and the troops were cleared. Shaul said, Cast the lots between my son and me. And Jonathan was indicated. Shaul said to Jonathan, Tell me, what have you done? And Jonathan told him, I only tasted a bit of honey with the tip of the stick in my hand. I am ready to die. Shaul said, Thus and more may Hashem do. You shall be put to death, Jonathan. But the troops said to Shaul, Shall Jonathan die after bringing this great victory to Israel? Never, as Hashem lives, not a hair of his head shall fall to the ground. For he brought this day to pass with the help of Hashem. Thus the troops saved Jonathan, and he did not die. Shaul broke off his pursuit of the Philistines, and the Philistines returned to their homes. After Shaul had secured his kingship over Israel, he waged war on every side against all his enemies, against the Moabites, the Ammonites, Edomites, the Philistines, and the kings of Zobah. And wherever he turned, he bested them. He was triumphant, defeating the Amalekites and saving Israel from those who plundered it. Shaul's sons were Jonathan, Ishvi, Malkishua, and the names of his two daughters were Merib the older and Michelle the younger. The name of Shaul's wife was Ahinoam, daughter of Ahimaaz, and the name of his army commander was Abner, son of Shaul's uncle Ner. Kish, Shaul's father, and Ner, Abner's father, were sons of Abiel. There was bitter war against the Philistines all the days of Shaul, and whenever Shaul noticed any stalwart man or warrior, he would take him into his service. John 7, 31-53 And many of the people believed on him, and said, When Christ comes, will he do more miracles than these which this man has done? The Pharisees heard that the people murmured such things concerning him, and the Pharisees and the chief priests sent officers to take him. 
Then said Yeshua to them, Yet a little while am I with you, and then I go to him that sent me. You shall seek me, and shall not find me, and where I am, there you cannot come. Then said the Jews among themselves, Where will he go, that we shall not find him? Will he go to the dispersed among the Gentiles, and teach the Gentiles? What manner of saying is this that he said, You shall seek me, and shall not find me, and where I am, there you cannot come. In the last great day, that great day of the feast, Yeshua stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spoke he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Spirit had not yet been given, because that Yeshua was not yet glorified. Many of the people, therefore, when they heard this saying, said, Of a truth, this is the prophet. Others said, This is the Christ. But some said, Shall Christ come out of Galilee? Has not the scripture said, that Christ comes of the seed of David and out of the town of Bethlehem, where David was? So there was a division among the people because of him. And some of them would have taken him, but no man laid hands on him. Then came the officers to the chief priests and Pharisees, and they said to them, Why have you not brought him? The officers answered, Never man spoke like this man. Then answered them the Pharisees, Are you also deceived? Have any of the rulers or of the Pharisees believed on him? But this people who knows not the Torah are cursed. Nicodemus said unto them, He that came to Yeshua by night, being one of them, Does our law judge any man before it hears him, and know what he does? They answered and said to him, Are you also of the Galilee? Search and look, for out of Galilee arises no prophet. And every man went to his own house. Psalm 109, 1-31 Hold not your peace, O God of my praise, For the mouth of the wicked and the mouth of the deceitful are opened against me. They have spoken against me with a lying tongue. They compassed me about also with words of hatred, and fought against me without a cause. For my love they are my adversaries, but I give myself unto prayer. And they have rewarded me evil for good and hatred for my love. Set a wicked man over him, and let Hasatan stand at his right hand. When he shall be judged, let him be condemned, and let his prayer become sin. Let his days be few, and let another take his office. Let his children be fatherless, and his wife a widow. Let his children be continually vagabonds and beg. Let them seek their bread also out of their desolate places. Let the extortioner catch all that he has, and let the stranger spoil his labor. Let there be none to extend mercy to him, neither let there be any to favor his fatherless children. Let his posterity be cut off, and in the generation following, let their name be blotted out. Let the iniquity of his fathers be remembered with the Lord, and let not the sin of his mother be blotted out. 
Let them be before the Lord continually, that he may cut off the memory of them from the earth, because that he remembered not to show mercy, but persecuted the poor and needy man, that he might even slay the broken in heart. As he loved cursing, so let it come unto him. As he delighted not in blessing, so let it be far from him. As he clothed himself with cursing, like as with his garments, so let it come into his bowels like water, and like oil into his bones. Let it be unto him as the garment which covers him, and for a girdle wherewith he is girded continually. Let this be the reward of my adversaries from the Lord, and of them that speak evil against my soul. But do for me, O God, for your name's sake, because your mercy is good, deliver me. For I am poor and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. I am gone like the shadow when it declines. I am tossed up and down as the locust. My knees are weak through fasting, and my flesh fails of fatness. I became also a reproach unto them. When they looked upon me, they shook their heads. Help me, O Lord my God, save me according to your mercy, that they may know that this is your hand, that you, Lord, have done it. Let them curse, but you bless. When they arise, let them be ashamed, but let your servant rejoice. Let my adversaries be clothed with shame, and let them cover themselves with their own confusion as with a mantle. I will greatly praise the Lord with my mouth. Yes, I will praise him among the multitude. For he shall stand at the right hand of the poor to save him from those that condemn his soul. Proverbs 15, 5-7 A fool despises his father's instruction, but he that regards reproof is prudent. In the house of the righteous is much treasure, but in the revenues of the wicked is trouble. The lips of the wise disperse knowledge, but the heart of the foolish does not so. I'd like to speak to you today from our Torah portion from Leviticus 24. Then we're going to jump into 1 Samuel and conclude in Psalm 109. Let's look at chapter 24 of Leviticus, verse 8. He shall arrange them before Hashem regularly every Shabbat day. It is a commitment for all time on the part of the Israelites. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. Just as Aaron arranges the candles of the temple menorah, he is to arrange the twelve loaves of bread every Shabbat as a commitment for all time. On the day that the children of Israel desist from activities related to earning their livelihood and focus instead on their relationship with the Almighty, Aaron sets the bread before Hashem, reflecting the understanding that it is He who ultimately provides mankind with their physical sustenance. Both the menorah and the lechem hapanim bread of display, or showbread, are a constant presence in the Beit Hamikdash or temple. The light of the lamp symbolizes the spiritual life of the people, while bread symbolizes the physical realm. 
When the people of Israel rest on the Shabbat and focus on matters of the soul, God ensures that their physical well-being will be taken care of as well. And I would add to that that the menorah in that temple also points us to Yeshua, who is the light of the world. And the table of showbread with the twelve loaves of bread also points us to Yeshua, who stated in John that he is the bread of life. He is the living manna that came down from heaven. So these are also signs that point us to Yeshua. Now let's jump into 1 Samuel, chapter 14. And we see in this chapter that Jonathan breaks out with his armor-bearer and attacks the Philistines, while all the rest of the troops have been told by Shaul, or Saul, that they're not allowed to eat anything until all of the Philistines have been routed. So Jonathan comes across some honey, and he put a stick into the honey and and brought it to his mouth and ate it, going against the tribute, the, the order, the command from his father not to eat anything that day, that they're all fasting until all the Philistines have been routed. And in verse 29, the scripture reads, Jonathan answered, My father has brought trouble on the people. See for yourselves how my eyes lit up when I tasted that bit of honey. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. Though King Shaul had instructed the soldiers of Israel not to eat, his son Jonathan eats honey and declares that his father erred by issuing such an order. Rabbi Shlomo Avinar notes that although righteous individuals like King Shaul may be able to fast in battles, soldiers need to eat and drink in order to maintain their physical and emotional strength. Armies need to make sure that their soldiers have high morale so that they can succeed. Today, there are organizations that assist the Israeli Defense Forces by providing soldiers not only with the essential items they need for battle, but also with extra amenities to demonstrate that the IDF has many supporters from around the world who pray and work for their success. This raises the morale of Israel's soldiers and contributes to the success of their holy mission. Okay, now I want to jump into Psalm 109, and we will start in verse 2 and go to verse 5. For the mouth of the wicked and the mouth of the deceitful are opened against me. They have spoken against me with a lying tongue. They compassed me about also with words of hatred, and fought against me without a cause. For my love, they are my adversaries, but I give myself unto prayer. And they have rewarded me evil for good, and hatred for my love. Have you ever been in a situation like that, where you have been extremely kind and giving to someone, and then they turned against you? Perhaps this happened with a family member, or a close friend, or a co-worker. 
This is indeed extremely painful. When you pour forth love, your heart, your service, your life, and then it's repaid with words of hatred and the person comes against you. In verse 4, we are given a clue as to how to handle such a situation. For my love, they are my adversaries, but I give myself unto prayer. That's the solution. We are to pray and ask God to fight the battle on our behalf and ask God to turn the situation around. Why does this happen? Why does somebody repay evil for good, hatred for love. I've pondered this deeply because I have been in a situation like this very recently. And I believe it's because there's an evil spirit upon that person. And that evil spirit, that demonic spirit, every now and then it pops up and it manifests. Remember, the scriptures tell us that our battle is not with flesh and blood, but with principalities and with powers and with forces in high places. We're in a spiritual warfare. And so if an individual has turned against you and it just happens, they flip very suddenly. It's probably a demonic spirit that's operating and manifesting through that person. And so the key then is to be in prayer and to bring the situation before Yahweh and ask Him to intervene. And so, Father, we do that now. There may be those in our lives that have been hateful to us and wicked to us and unkind and unloving and have persecuted us and turned against us close family members, co-workers, close friends, whoever it might be. And Father, we lift up those individuals to you. We speak a blessing over them. We pray your mercy and your grace upon them. We plead the blood of Yeshua over them. And we ask, Father, for their deliverance. We ask that you would deliver them from any unclean and demonic spirits that cause them to behave in this way. We pray that you will draw them with cords of love to yourself and that you will deliver them and set them free. We pray, Lord, for protection, that when the hateful words come, when the wicked actions come, that we would be hidden under the wings of the Almighty that we would trust in you for you to protect us. We thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you, Father, for your love. We thank you for Yeshua. We love you, we bless you, and we praise you. In Yeshua's name, amen. Yevrekah Adonai Vish Merekah Adonai
Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>